Hello and welcome to Oats for Breakfast. Oats for Breakfast is affiliated with the Socialist Project, which is an eco-socialist organization based in Toronto. My name is Sadia. And I'm Umer. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the effort to unionize Fedora couriers in Toronto. We're going to be chatting with Brees Sofer. Brees works as a courier for Fedora, and he's a member of Justice for Fedora Couriers. You can check them out online at foodstersunited.ca. Welcome to the Oats for Breakfast podcast, Bryce. Yeah, thank you for uh, inviting me. We could probably start by trying to get you to tell us what Fudora is, because I think a lot of people are becoming increasingly familiar with, you know, apps that are based in the gig economy, and certainly mm-hmm. most people will know about what Uber is. Uh, but there are probably some of our listeners who who maybe don't know what Fudora is. Okay, well, um, Fudora is similar to Uber. These are logistics apps. So the company Fudora and Uber Connect different uh, people, different uh, like a, a restaurant or a, a person who needs a ride to uh, someone who can provide um, uh, either a delivery or provide that ride uh, for the person looking for it. Uh, Fudora, um, similar to Uber Eats, is basically, a, yeah, you, you uh, sign on as a uh, cyclist or as a driver. Um, you are then uh, given orders and uh, sent to a certain restaurant and then you are you deliver the food that you pick up to a customer waiting at home or wherever they may be. So I read in a Now Magazine article that um, restaurants pay Fedora about 30% of the order? That is correct. And, and you guys get paid per delivery? So we are paid a flat uh, rate of four fifty per delivery and... Um, we are paid $1 per kilometer. The flat rate of 450 is actually paid by the customer. And um, the 30% obviously of the order value is paid by the restaurant. So Fudora per on every order is really just paying the uh, per kilometer delivery fee. So I guess people will know like, okay, even people who, who've ordered food from Foodora will know what it looks like from the consumer end of things, right? You go mm-hmm. on the app, you find a restaurant you like, um, and you order. Now, I sound like I'm advertising. For <laughs> uh, and okay, so but, but take us through what is it like on the, you know, employment end, or I, I guess we'll talk about how you're not really technically, they, yes. they say you're not employed, you're a contractor, but, but what does it look like from your end? So um, the basic uh, user experience as a delivery person is um, you sign on to the app, you wait around until you get an order. Uh, when an order does arrive, uh, it could be anywhere from, you know, 500 meters away to five kilometers away. Then you go to the restaurant, pick up the food, and uh, go to the person's home. You are given information on where the endpoint is. So you, and you are given the right to decline if you feel that it's unreasonable. Though you are punished, uh, if you decline too much, then they will uh, reduce your access to shifts. Um, Fedora, unlike Uber, makes you select a shift. So you are accountable to Fedora for a certain amount of time, say, you know, three hours, four hours, six hours. It's a set shift. During that time, 
they expect you to dedicate yourself completely to doing Fedora orders, though there's no guarantee that you will be receiving orders during that time. And that's a bit of the rub with Fedora is that uh, there's no guaranteed wage, but there's an ex expectation as if you were an employee to be available. So I also read that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the way that the shifts are made available also is very competitive among the different workers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to, I don't know if you've seen in movies where someone just drives up with a pickup truck and there's a bunch of people standing around and then they're like, hey, you, you, and you. It's basically a fight for, uh, for shifts. You, uh, they're released to different, uh, different employees at different times. Um, if you're in a top tier, if you're a top tier Fedora courier, which means you were never late, you've worked a certain amount of hours per week, you uh, and you didn't miss a shift, uh, then you get access to these shifts at 10 a.m. and you can pick generally the shifts that work for you. If you're in uh, group two, then uh, it's really a sad state of affairs. And that's where I'm in right now, unfortunately, because I, um, <laughs> I haven't, I've been doing other work and uh, not committing myself. And um, yeah, basically you can log on and then it's, it's, everything's gone. So it, what, it, what it can also do is that uh, if you're a person who does rely primarily on Fedora for your work and something happens out of the blue, you might all of a sudden uh, have access to this, this work that, uh, that you rely on. Uh, it's, it's removed. And, and, and what can often happen is that you can have an absence uh, because you're sick and you make that application that, oh, I, I, you, know, you put in the system, I couldn't make it because I was sick. But there's a few days of processing that has to take place for the system to recognize that that was a real absence. So I've had it where I was sick, I missed a shift, but then because the grouping of people happened between the time that the absence was recognized as a legitimate one, I was put in the group mm -hmm. where I had no longer had access to preferred shifts. So it's, it, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's really frustrating. And I imagine that if you're going to be outdoors cycling in all sorts of weather mm -hmm. and with the kind of um, hostile motorist culture that we have, that it would probably be fairly frequently that you would get either sick or injured on the job. Indeed. Um, other than that, also, you just, there's a lot of wear and tear on your body. I, I you know, I frequently have uh, back pain or just muscle pain in my legs. I, I worked really, um, I worked a lot of hours yesterday and I'm quite uh, worn out. <laughs> so it, it, it's a job that, you know, like any labor job that, uh, that takes a toll on you. And, uh, but unlike the labor, you know, the way labor has traditionally been um there is no safety net so it's all the hard work of a, of a traditional labor job but without any of the support so i guess this is a good point to talk about how according to fudora you're not an employee but what you've described about how the system works how you you know you have to have a shift you book the shifts beforehand you're you're supposed to stay committed to doing that shift if you don't show up then you're in trouble and all of that stuff the same way that you would you know if you're working at a restaurant or whatever or if you're doing as delivery working as a delivery person for a restaurant mm -hmm. um but instead of being employed 
Fudora says that you're really just an independent contractor. Can you tell us why the distinction is important? The distinction is important because it means that uh, they don't owe us anything. We are what they're saying is we're essentially our own business. Uh, that it's a relationship between their business, Fudora, and our business. You know, our personal business as independent contractors. So that means that they're only responsible for the payment of the you know whatever the the agreed upon delivery fee and all and that type of stuff beyond that they are responsible for nothing they're not responsible for the maintenance of our bikes that we need to need to work and that we have to pay for everything to replace uh, parts uh, anything like that we have to you know we, we don't get paid if we're sick uh, there's no um there's no mechanism for that. Uh, if we, if you know, say you are sick uh, for a long period of time and you uh, miss a certain amount of shifts, then you know, as I, as I've explained before, you actually have a reduction of your access to shifts because they'll say, "Oh, you haven't worked enough hours, so you're in a, a second group." Uh, it basically allows them to demand everything an employer demands, but offer absolutely nothing that an employer would offer or that an employer is supposed to offer legally in in canada yeah it's a neoliberal uh <laughs> way of uh, approaching work but i think i think <laughs> it, is impor- it is important to point out that this is about as close as you get to perfect sort of marketized logic right mm-hmm. you have supply and demand as close as possible, like matched up. You know, Fudora is giving out shifts because they know at this time, mm-hmm. this many people will need to be working because last week, this is what happened. And so, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a really well-measured, the algorithm knows what it's doing. And the impact on human beings is... <laughs> well, human beings end up becoming extension of the algorithm rather than vice versa. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the way the relationship ends up being is that we're subservient to the system rather than the system existing to for for us as human beings mm-hmm. you know or 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 because it, it doesn't really exist for the customer it doesn't exist for the restaurant it exists at the end for shareholders of of Fudora and to maximize profit so what happens if you get injured on the job I, I myself have never been seriously injured. I've been involved in accidents. Uh, I can tell you from uh, our union meetings that uh, other couriers have had really terrible experiences. Um, they get very minimal support from Fudora when making applications to uh, workers' compensation. And also due to the fluctuations in how much you can work and how much money you make, you know, whereas a regular uh, labor job, you would have a set hourly rate. With Fudora, they just take the average of what you made over a certain period of time. So you could be out of work for more than a month and you'll just get a few hundred dollars. Yeah, and I, I actually, Sadia showed me a figure, uh, apparently according to an informal poll, up to 90% of Fudora couriers have said that they've been injured on the job. And, you know, I guess that's various forms of injuries. But And, and actually, I find that very easy to believe just given the fact that you're on the road most of the time and toronto is an infamously dangerous city for cyclists and here you are spending hours you know day after day 
on the road and you're gonna you're gonna if not just some scrapes and you know it could be very dangerous yeah I, i've definitely had my share of scrapes and yeah. uh and, and minor uh minor accidents but i mean yeah there is a there is a stress factor to the job as well that um yeah, you know, there's. I guess you can talk about physical health, but there's also mental health. You're uh, constantly in danger. I've been like aggressively attacked by cars. It, it's like if you can imagine Mad Max. Um, it's it's sometimes a little bit like that. I like, just I just imagine downtown Toronto. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. You're just you're so you're you're. Um, you know, I've had it where um, I've had a guy. F- bump into me with his car on purpose. Um, I've had people yell like, I'll fucking kill you. Ah, da, da, like, I, like, and then trying to squish me like into uh, park cars and, and stuff like that. It, it's, it, it, it can make you really bitter. Like I, I find that if, if there's anything that I've experienced and that has been a struggle, it is, uh, you know, to maintain a, a positive outlook on life and uh, and on the city because you, you really get to see the worst of humanity, um, not only from drivers, but also from restaurants mm-hmm. uh, and customers where I feel like the kind of dehumanization that uh, the way the approach that Fedora takes to their couriers Ends up rubbing off, I find, on on the customers as well because it's you know there's a lack of respect from the company, and uh, and people tend to uh, sometimes treat you with a lack of respect as well. So just on that, then the customer end of it, um, there is a tipping option as well. So how does that work? Well, it's it's the most ridiculous uh, tipping option I think on any uh, food delivery app uh, where you're required to tip. Before you receive the uh, the food, so I can understand the reticence of a lot of people. Um, the idea of tipping is you tip based on the performance of the uh, of the service that you've received. Uh, you know, m- my personal take on tipping is that it's stupid and that it shouldn't exist, and everyone should just be paid a living wage. But uh, since it does exist. Uh, and, it's, and in the context of Fudora, they should allow people to tip after they receive the food. And, you know, our, our society, uh, which, you know, it's increasingly a cashless society, people don't have cash sitting around. So they get the food and then they don't, uh, they end up not tipping. Uh, and it, it, you know, and the tipping aspect uh, gives Fudora this theoretical um, way of saying that they do pay us more because they're like, well, they keep 100% of the tips. But if I'm working for um, five or six hours and the total amount of tips of, I get are $7, doesn't really make a big difference, uh, you know, as far as what I'm getting paid or in my life in general. It's not going to, you know, allow me to finally pay my rent uh, $7 or, you know, pay off my phone bill. So in an average hour of one of your shifts, how many deliveries would you say you would do? On average, I would say about three. Um, it can go. It can be a lot more if it's really busy, and it can be uh, zero if <laughs> there's nothing. But I would say about three, two to three, maybe 2.5, let's say. Okay, and you mentioned your phone bill. So I know oh, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm focusing on the specifics here, but you're also uh, required to pay for your data. Yeah, and I've actually, I, luckily, I was able to um, get a better plan recently. But I did, incre- I did uh, for a long time go over every single month, and so I would be paying more 
that I would normally do, but I, you know, I have to use uh, my phone. I have to use data to use uh, Fedora, and uh, yeah, they do not compensate us for that as well. I, basically, they don't compensate us for anything. You even have to pay for the bag that you use to deliver the food. Are you serious? What? They have their logo on the bag. Yeah, <laughs> they have their logo, but you have to pay. You have to pay a deposit. But like, if if the bag gets damaged and it's unusable after, obviously, it's not a deposit you would get back. I mean, you would get it back if it was pristine. So, uh, and I know I had to. Yeah, I had to pay fifty dollars for the box that uh, I use, and they deducted it from the initial deliveries I did. So yeah, it's absolutely nothing. When if you're a driver, I mean, I you know to to look at their situation, they don't get compensated for gas. They don't get or insurance or insurance. Yeah. So just to clarify for our listeners, so not all Fudora couriers are uh, on bicycles. Yes, there are also many driving. Uh, you know, just like Uber, there's a similar mix as uh, Uber Eats. If you're familiar with that, can you speak a bit about what the demographics are of the couriers and for Fudora? It's uh, it's it's an interesting mix. Um, it's really people from all walks of life. You have recent immigrants that uh, this is, you know, the first, the only work they can find. You have people like me that work in the arts or do kind of have their hand in, in a lot of different things. So this is just one other way that you can make money. And uh, you have actually, I've seen a lot of older people as well. And I think that is symptomatic of, uh, you know, the increasing lack of support that uh, that vulnerable people have. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're guys that are pretty up there. And uh, I think that they work because they're not getting enough, uh, you know, social security and our, our social safety net. It doesn't offer enough for people that are, you know, done uh, traditional uh, work. Uh, and you also get obviously like a lot of university students uh, doing, doing it over the summer. Uh, okay. So I guess we've kind of figured out what the situation is like. Uh, it looks kind of bad. And so yeah. you guys, some of you guys who work for Fudora have decided uh, that they want to organize a union. Okay, so tell us about that. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't involved in the conception of the idea. Uh, I was approached uh, earlier this year. Uh, but uh, the idea, I think it, it, it stems from the way, you know, as we've, as we've, as we've talked about, that Fudora is unique among uh, many of these app-based delivery uh, companies demands a certain amount of your time like fedora more than any other company really resembles or or what they demand of you is traditional or things that traditional employers demand and you know the 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 idea was to okay if you're going to demand these things of us then we should be getting the support that uh traditional employees get We'll be touching a bit on the challenges of, of union organization as well, but it seemed like it was the one that would be the easiest to collect the most amount of signatures required to even start a conversation about a union. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, the idea was to improve working conditions and improve support. Okay, so you mentioned getting signatures. Take us through, what, is, so what does that mean? You're getting signatures, uh, and who are you organizing with, right? It's the Canadian Union of Postal Workers. Yes, and yes. It's, we've received support uh, and knowledge from the uh, Canadian Union of Postal Workers. Uh, this is not stuff that we would have known ourselves, obviously. It's, it's, very, it's very daunting, the idea of, uh, of forming a union. And, and they, you know, what we've been able to draw on from them is their legal expertise and 
and and there are resources, uh, many different types of resources. So when you're when you're organizing a union in Canada, to even have a discussion take place about unionization, you have to get I think it's forty percent of the active workforce to sign off on. Um, or to sign a card to say that they would desire a union to exist. The issue with a traditional company, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, you know, there's a set list of employees and, you know, you just uh, look, okay, there's 40% of the employees. Um, with the Fedora, it gets really complicated because you're like, how do you say someone is an active employee? Is it someone that works once a week, once a month? How many hours a week? What would you draw the line as well? Like we're, we don't really know each other. It's, it's, you know, it, 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 it you know, it, it really, um, there's no shop floor. Yeah. There's no shop floor. So there's never really a, there's no, there's no real area to, to discuss. So you, you don't really get to know your other employees. And so yeah, the, the best thing that we can do and what we try to do is, uh, you know, we do outreach by uh, having people ride around. We see people do, with fedora bags and then we approach them, have a discussion with them. You know, up until we launched the union uh, publicly, we, um, we had to also keep it a secret. So we would just kind of be like, hey, like, are you dissatisfied? Uh, is everything okay? Maybe you should come to this meeting that we're having. and. Mm. You know, we're kind of trying to <laughs> to reverse red pill them, uh, you know, give them like, I don't know what the reverse of that is, but like, you know, turn them into socialists by, you know, highlighting all the uh, the issues with the work and, and getting them to, you know, to kind of see where, where they're at. Um, but we still don't have an idea of how many employees or employees, I mean, how many couriers, how many independent contractors Fedora has. So the, the only way we can really ensure that we're ever close to it is to just keep signing and signing and signing people. Mm -hmm. What's been the response like from the couriers when you've approached them? Uh, you, you get different types of responses. I mean, a it's interesting. A lot of people have, have had a, a positive response. Uh, I think that people are happy to talk about the issues that they're facing and just even to have a form where they can do that. Uh, that's not uh, monitored by the company is really refreshing where they can express themselves openly, uh, you know, say, share their concerns. There are people that have a very incorrect idea of what a union is, um, where they're like, oh, but it's just, they want to just take our dues. Unions aren't good. You know, and, and it, so you have to really, you know, the, the challenge is to, well, it's the argument that, you know, that, that people would make all the time. It's like, if unions are so bad, then why did they, why do they exist? Why did people start to, why did people decide to, to create unions in the first place? And, and you have to point out all the, all the gains that, you know, all the things that we take for granted that unions actually uh, fought for, you know, getting weekends, getting holidays, getting uh, sick pay, like all, all rights, rights that people, you know, expect. So what uh, has been Fudora's response to your organizing drive? Um, there hasn't really been a response as of yet. Mm. Um, I think there was a few comments uh, from a spokesperson, but, you know, it was along the lines. I mean, don't quote me on this. I don't know by heart. Um, they were just saying, oh, you know, the, the average person makes, uh, you know, that they make over 25 or tw over 20 something dollars an hour, which is, which is ridiculous. 
and uh, and that yeah that overall they think that they try to create the best uh, kind of environment for for people to function in. You know, this that's really the next step is uh, is is engaging with them more. I feel like they're really trying. They might be trying not to engage mm-hmm. um, and hope maybe that just peters out or something. Uh, because again, like there's the, the there's a first step in like is this even possible? Is this is this like can we um, as independent contractors can we create a union? So I think that that's the first legal fight, and then when we actually if we do get the right to do that, that's when we'll we'll really start hearing from uh, Fedora a lot more and from these apps in general. Because I you know that Uber any any of the other ones this, they will be looking at it very closely. And in that way, I guess, you know, the more that these companies will try to put forward um, their image as, you know, completely brand new, this is just, you know, this is technology, this is the algorithm, there is nothing to do with traditional employer-employee relations, and there isn't the same kind of role for the government and for unions. Um, The more that you see that, the more it comes back to, like, when you see the actual struggle, the way that you guys are organizing, the way that other you know, delivery drivers were organized in other parts of the mm-hmm. world where it's the same kind of dynamics of, of, of politics and legality where yeah. if you're able to build that class solidarity mm-hmm. and you're able to mount that challenge you see the employer class coming at you and yeah. fighting tooth and nail well they, they reveal their true uh, colors you know like it, it, i mean that's that's been the thing with silicon valley i feel like you know these these apps that disrupt you know our our society you know they they're they're sold in this utopian way it's always like young people you know the the creator is a young guy uh you know it's new you know like you're saying but then really when when it comes down to it and in the account, you know, and, and we can identify where where the harm is coming from. Uh, they, yeah, they revert to the same exact union busting tactics. Uh. And I mean, uh, already we've sort of seen that certain jurisdictions have come to realize that if you leave these companies to their own devices, that they're going to use and dispose of people mm-hmm. uh, without being accountable. And so um, I think recently Fedora lost a case in Australia um, and Uber is facing a, mm-hmm. a class action lawsuit. There's you know cities in the States that have imposed regulations on yep. the industry. And so we are seeing that um, increasingly, whatever the companies might say about them being above the usual fray, that jurisdictions are seeing, calling out their bullshit. Yeah, well, I, I mean, in, didn't, didn't they pull out of Australia? Yeah, and so their reaction was to just pull out. They were like, "Well, this isn't a uh, this isn't a hospitable uh, employment climate for, or this isn't a hospitable climate for our for our the way that we operate, which is shitty." <laughs> like, oh, they're not letting us be shitty enough now. Uh, so throw a tantrum and leave. Yeah, so like we're just gonna take our toys, yeah, and leave. Um, you you touched upon the idea of the algorithm uh, before, and algorithms are created by people, and they can be changed. And also, like, and they they're they, you, when you program an algorithm, you program it with a certain outcome in mind. So there's ways that they could, you know, it it's sold as this impartial thing, but there's ways that they could definitely modify it to uh, give better working conditions. And and to get it, to create a better experience for the people that you that that are rely on that algorithm for their livelihood. So, what would you like to see happen? I guess like once you guys are able to 
hopefully form a union and then bargain a collective agreement if it goes that far? Like, what sort of changes would you like to see happen? Well, if, if Fudor is going to continue to demand us to commit a certain amount of time, then uh, they should be giving us uh, an hourly guarantee. And an hourly guarantee that is a living wage in Toronto, not, uh, you know, a lower than living wage. They should also, you know, if they're going to demand that we use our cell phones, so any anything that, that is a required thing for the job, they should be covering some, if not all of that expense, because it's just not fair. You know, like it, 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 what it means is that they can say that they pay us a certain amount, but they don't really pay us that amount because I'm, I'm actually spending money in order to get what they are paying me. So it's really getting support, maybe getting um, a certain, you know, maybe getting a, a plan, health, health benefits through the union. Definitely. I mean, that's, we need that. Yeah, certainly for even without being injured, all the back pain. Yeah, back pain, like just, you know, certain things like like um, occupational uh, yeah, therapy. Um, okay, so what can people who are listening to this do to help with the organizing drive? Yeah, we have uh, what, what would be great um, and that we've, we've tried to do a lot of outreach uh, to restaurants is, you know, if, if restaurants uh, are on board. So having them display signs, you know, people want a sign, they can always uh, get uh, get one. Um, just spreading the word, you know, having discussions with people. I think that I think that that that, that hell is so helpful as well. Like because I think that there's also a lack of knowledge from the average person of what this work is like. Like you know, to to be like, hey, like it's not so easy for these guys. They're not all you know young fit people they're not just students you know looking for summer work there are people that have families mm -hmm. that do this work as their main work so really getting a discussion going letting other people know that this is an initiative that's happening that's that's really helpful let's say if we were to order fudora delivery what would be useful like a useful way for us to engage with a fudora courier well if you know what we aren't aware of all the couriers, so it's even talking to them, you know, maybe having a discussion with them about uh, about their employment and saying that there is a union drive. I mean, it's very possible that there are many Fudora couriers that are not aware, especially in more outlying areas of the city. Um the union uh, initiative started with downtown uh, people, and you know it is. You know, outside the city, there's also going to be a lot more like new immigrants that are doing this work, and also, you know, they just aren't connected to 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 this initial drive. So, m having a conversation with them would be great. Uh, you know, saying, "Hey, um, you know, yeah, I heard that there's a union drive. Are you aware that that's going on? Uh, are you happy with the, the way the work is?" Uh, pointing them in the direction of the website and, and stuff like that. Okay, so for our listeners, then, if you want to support the drive. That's a concrete thing you can do. You can order, download the app. And now this tip, is... Tip the, uh, the the delivery person as yeah. well, please. So, so this is partly an, an ad for Foodora. <laughs> <laughs> but order food. Uh, and when the person comes, you know, before the person comes, you should tip them on the app. And also when they come, talk to them about the union, give them information about uh, the organizing drive maybe also take their information a number an email and then email it to uh the I, i'm assuming yeah, there's there's con a, there's, contact, a, there's inf contact information on the website on so. yeah and the website again is foodstersunited.ca 
Yes. Remember that you can support Oats for Breakfast by going to patreon.com slash oats for breakfast and becoming a patron of the podcast. Our Patreon supporters get access to exclusive podcast content as well as other perks. Support on Patreon is crucial to the continuation of Oats for Breakfast. So if you can, please do support us. The website, once again, is patreon.com forward slash oats for breakfast. Before we close, we also want to note that Bryce also has a podcast that some of our listeners might want to check out. Yeah, the podcast is called Drum Circle Jerk. Uh, Bryce, can you, uh, do you want to give a plug for yes. what it is? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a political podcast um, that's a bit, uh, that's very not safe for work. Uh, just a warning to listeners, uh, if you're, do, do not listen to it uh, at work. It, it's a lot of banter, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a comedy slash socialist slash, uh, I don't know what else you would call it, uh, podcast, but it's a very downtown Toronto podcast, if you could call it that. <laughs> so yeah, it would be great if everyone uh, checked it out, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's available Spotify, Apple, uh, any any place where you would find a podcast normally. Great. Thanks again for tuning in to Oat for Breakfast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>